Welcome back, everybody. It's Daniel and Luffy back again for another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast, episode 16, which is going to be our win and loss predictions. And we got a very busy week uh, for you guys this week as we're going to go through all 13 teams uh, this week and be able to break them up and uh, give each team their own little bit of focus uh, and going through uh, the win and loss predictions uh, for this upcoming season. So welcome in. Uh, we got a lot of stuff for you guys, some great uh, information that's going to be going out. And how, how you feeling there, brother? Bro, I've been excited all week. I've been doing a lot of studying as far as schedules, players and whatnot. And you know, as well as I do that, we've been talking about this all week, you know, just being excited to to share this episode with everybody and i can't wait absolutely it's been uh actually a, a long couple of weeks you know we've been uh doing uh some research uh crunching some numbers for you guys and hopefully uh be able to bring uh some great information as to why uh we think uh these four uh so this episode we're going to be doing uh four teams uh it's going to be mm-hmm. ala anthem south ala ironwood apache junction and casa grand and then we'll uh, be covering uh five more teams on wednesday's episode so not only do you guys get uh the predictions of these four teams today but uh come uh wednesday and friday you're gonna get the re- remaining uh nine teams so it's gonna be a busy week for us but that's why we uh do what we do and you know let's uh start uh diving right into it as uh we'll start off with the uh, ala anthem south which is our new team uh coming into this year uh they'll be playing in the uh 3a uh independent uh region so they're not tied to any specific region at all uh but uh, we're we're going to go game by game as to why we have our predictions. They're both different, mm-hmm. you know, We uh, but, you know, it's going to be fun to see uh, how uh, we have uh, their seasons uh, playing out this year. But also we're going to make it a little fun interaction. After you hear what we have to say, we want to be able to provide you guys with a voice and are going to be posting uh each team's uh, individual games. And we want you guys to help us interact uh, with that. And leave a vote as to who you think uh, is going to win each week for uh, every team that we have. And we're going to end up punching all the numbers together and giving uh, the people a, a record breakdown of what each team's record is going to be. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, without further ado, uh, win and loss projections for ALA Anthem South. So let's start with week one as they're going to be playing ALA Ironwood. What did you have for them going into that week? For them, I have them dropping that game against ALA Ironwood. Um, I actually have them dropping a lot uh, in the next coming games, but we'll get to that as uh, those weeks come. I also have them uh, dropping the game to ALA Ironwood. Uh, but one of the big facts that I did see is that ALA Ironwood has not won an opening game since the 2017 season. So being that we have them uh, winning uh, that game, it's going to snap a big streak of, you know, losing your first week of the season. And you're going to see uh, ALA Ironwood undefeated for the first uh, week in almost five uh, five years. So it's something uh, pretty cool to see. So we both have uh, ALA Anthem going 0-1 opening week. And then game two, it does not get any easier as they're going to be going to Sabino and taking on the uh, Sabercats. So uh, what's your prediction for that one? I also have them dropping that one to Sabino. Sabino is a tough team. They had... Uh 
a good run in the playoffs last year. They they lost quite a bit um, from the 21-2022 season, but I don't see that slowing them down against ALA Anthem South. Yeah, and um, Sabino is a team that averaged uh, just a little under 35 points per game, and uh, they haven't had a losing season. So a lot of the stats you're going to hear from us are based uh, you know, on research that we've gotten from AZ Preps and uh, Max Preps as well. So being uh i know we're in a day of technology and internet seems like it's an easy access but the stats only go uh for max preps uh starting at 2004 everything before that is you know prior to the internet kind of taking over our everyday lives so uh, the access wasn't uh that deep so everything you're hearing is from 2004 to uh current uh current day but with uh, uh sabino they haven't had a losing season since 04. I don't see that really changing for them. And I actually have them winning uh, pretty decisively against uh, ALA Anthem. But moving on to week three, uh, ALA Anthem will be going to Parker, uh, a bit of a travel uh, heading up over there. And uh, I have them dropping that game as well. I do know that uh, Parker uh, did make the playoffs last year, but in 2A, they're going to be making the jump up to 3A uh, to uh, test their uh, skills at the next level. But they did lose to uh, Marenzi uh, 39-14 in the uh, 2A semifinals. And so they're a very good team. You know, uh, they're just making that jump into the 3A level. And I think that they can handle a new team uh, like ALA Anthem. Yeah, and I was thinking exactly the same. When they go into Parker, it's not going to be an easy match. That's a team, like you said, that's jumping forward into the 3A conference and with good reason. Uh, I Again, I don't see the Titans being able to pull through in Parker. Um, a lot of their games are actually going to be on the road because of a lack of their facilities, but I feel like that travel will also help shape their camaraderie in the years to come. So we have them sitting at 0-3 right now going into game four, and they have to play a team that uh, finished 500, but they have to travel to uh, Mojave. Mojave's uh, three of their four uh, losses were in region, so, you know, they didn't have a very good outlook uh, in region, but uh, they finished five and five. It was a team that was very surprising to us, especially early on in the season last year uh, when they took on Florence. Uh, we didn't mm -hmm. know a lot about Mojave at the time, but we thought, uh, you know, Florence could uh, take care of them. Well, they ended up beating uh, Florence pretty uh, decisively uh, the first week of last year. So uh, with that, I think even though Mojave's five and five, I think they're going to uh, have just enough to uh, edge out uh, ALA Anthem and uh, and put the uh, Titans at 0-4 at that uh, current mark. Again, I'm the ex I'm mirroring the same sentiment. Uh, Mojave, a team that was a middle-of-the-road team last year, I feel like you know a, against a newcomer team like ALA Anthem South, they'll have no problems against them. A tough way to put them in Week Five, you know, to have them go 0-4, but you know things don't really get easier or at all. And you know, uh, speaking of uh, tough games. Uh, Game five, they will be hosting the Coolidge Bears, who uh, finished uh, six and four uh, on the season, but finished up strong at the end of the year and now are on a three game winning streak coming into this season. Uh, so what, what do you think? Uh, how do they fare against Coolidge? I have Coolidge beating them by a large margin. Uh, 
But the only way that I could see that this not happening is if for some reason Coolidge decides to show mercy a little bit and maybe take it easy on the newcomers. Oh, uh, yeah, it's another game that's uh, going to be pretty well decided uh, if Coolidge does uh, what they're supposed to. And, you know, they beat the teams that they were supposed to last year and, you know, uh, didn't uh, make it uh, close. I see the same thing happening, like I said, and it's no, uh, you know, it's no disrespect to ALA Anthem. It's just being a new team, playing in a 3A uh, competitive 3A uh, division. You're, you're going to face a lot of these uh, top tier teams, especially here in the 3A Central. Uh, area which I can eventually see them uh, coming into one of those regions that are uh, pretty local around here but that means you're going to be playing teams like Coolidge, Florence, Eastmark, you know, just to name a few. And it can get very competitive. You know, uh, it, it always comes down, uh, especially in the 3A Central, it always comes down to a game or two uh, to decide uh, the winner of the region. So, uh, like I said, ALA Anthem is just a tough set of games, you know, uh, to try and be competitive in. And, you know, it doesn't uh, get any easier in game six where they're going to be uh, hosting uh, Santa Cruz. And how did you have that one faring out? I have that one going in Santa Cruz's favor. I feel like this will be the first game where they actually get a chance to be competitive with the team because, as we know, Santa Cruz is also in that rebuilding stage. So this might be their actual best bet to pull together some of their lessons learned in the beginning of the season and try to capitalize on a team that's just coming in fresh and expecting to take out this team. Yeah, I have to agree with you 100%. Uh, I see uh, Santa Cruz uh, maybe uh, getting it by one, two touchdowns. I, I think it'll be a lot closer, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, but I see Santa Cruz uh, kind of uh, squeaking this one out and um, unfortunately dropping ALA Anthem uh, to 0-6 on the year. And then they got to turn around and travel to Sequoia Pathway and take on an always competitive uh, Pumas team, uh, which, the, you know, uh, we always say they're in a kind of a rebuild as well. Uh, lost a lot of pieces, but... I think this is a game that you're going to see Sequoia Pathway kind of, you know, go for the throat, uh, try to get the game ended early like we've seen uh, them do against Santa Rita and kind of see uh, allow their players to develop a little bit more. And unfortunately, it's going to drop uh, um, the Titans to 0-7. No, that's exactly what I have the Titans doing. I have the Titans going 0-7 into their uh, week eight. Um, it's going to be a tough road for the Titans. The only way for them, the only way I have them winning any type of game is for them to win out their last few games of the season. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And I see uh, in game eight, they're going to be hosting uh, Arrete Prep. Uh, who finished uh, four and six last year. And uh, three of their six losses were to teams with the 500 or below uh, record. That could be another opportunity for uh, the Titans to possibly uh, steal a win. But my deciding factor with the Rete Prep is that they only lost to Sequoia Pathway 42 to 40. So they can hang with, you know, the best of them. You know, even though they had three losses that were against uh, sub 500 uh, teams, I still uh, give the edge to uh, Rete Prep just with the experience uh, and being able to uh, hang with a very good 2A team. Well, see, this is where we kind of disagree because this is the first game where I have ALA Anthem South actually winning. Um, kind of the same with the Rete Prep and, and, and the sentiments you were speaking of, how they have the experience and they'll be able to come back. But also they have that thing where they can't get over teams that they're supposed to beat. And I feel like this is going to be a, a, a big factor in playing out ALA Anthem's first win of the season. Okay, I could, I could see uh, see that happening. And like I said, uh, that, that game is a very big toss-up. 
just like uh, this next game we're about to talk about. Game nine is going to be against Santan Foothills, which uh, we're starting to learn a lot about. Uh, Santan finished uh, one and nine on the season, picking up a big win against Vista Grande last year. And not only getting the win, but winning very decisively, beating a 4A team 55 to 18 last season. So um, it was a very big, uh, you know, boost for them. It's just unfortunately their season didn't play out like that the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, one of the big factors is they do give up a lot of points. They were outscored uh, by their opponents 377 to 160 last year. With that, I just think that Santan still pulls out a, a very close victory. And like, I, I mean, these will probably go down to the last couple of possessions. Uh, but I do see uh, Santan Foothills uh, pulling this one out. And I'm thinking you might be on the fence of, about it and actually might uh, pick somebody else. What, what do you say? You already saw when I was smiling. I'm going to go with ALA Anthem South. I, I, I have nothing against the Sabercats, but I have this strong sense that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot in this game. And they're going to give the win ultimately to the Titans. Um Again, like I said, nothing against the the Sabercats. It's just the last three years, they've only been able to collect just one win in each of these seasons. Mm -hmm. And I don't see them playing a new school as an automatic easy win. I feel like that the Titans coming in know the struggles of Santan Mm -hmm. and they're going to give it to them. And that's why I ultimately have the Titans overcoming the Sabercats and getting their second win of the season in this game. Okay. Okay. I see that. Well, we're going to circle that one and make sure, uh, you know, cause some, somebody's going to get a point in, uh, their winner's bracket there. Uh, but, uh, you know, to wrap up, uh, ALA Anthem season, uh, they're going to be, uh, traveling to Chandler prep for their final game of the season. Uh, Chandler prep, uh, finished six and four last year. Uh, three of their four losses were to playoff teams. So they're a very competitive, uh, group. Uh, and I have them, uh, knocking off, uh, ALA Anthem and putting them at 0 and 10 on the season. And like I said, it's just the fact that besides two of these games, I see the rest of them. It's going to be a long season for ALA Anthem. And like I said, they could definitely surprise us. It's all, you know, we're still studying this team a little bit more and trying to figure out, you know, what pieces that they have and how experienced are there? How many seniors are they going to have? Uh, this upcoming season and you know that plays a very big factor because when you see a lot of these new teams they start off with you know a freshman sophomore class and they help them build up and those are their first graduating classes and uh, you're you're gonna see that with uh, one of the newer teams uh, out in uh, Maricopa they uh they are also a new team but they do not have a varsity season uh they're gonna be playing uh JV this year and then next year they'll be bumping up to the varsity level so for ALA Anthem not to uh kind of have a season like that I think they're gonna struggle a, l- a little bit more and so I have them finishing at 0 and 10 what's your final uh record for them I have them dropping their last game to Chandler Prep as well but ultimately, I have them going 2-8 and eight in the season. Um, with wins over Santan Foothills and a possible win over Arete Prep, I feel like this will be their coming out party. By being able to secure two wins in their first season, they'll be able to do a lot more than what people would expect them to coming in as a new school with fairly little knowledge of the people who would be attending that program. Okay. You know, I, I, I can definitely respect that. So uh, you have them going 2-8. and eight. I have them going 0-10. Uh, 
Uh, you know, so uh, best of luck, uh, Titans, and you know, uh, go out there and get a get a few wins this year. You know, get that inaugural season uh, started off the right way, and you know, we wish you the best of luck. But uh, moving forward, uh, we're gonna jump into uh, ALA Ironwood. Uh, you know, in the Warriors, uh, they have a uh, coach. Um, Travis Epperson uh, returning for his fourth season. He's uh, four and twenty-three in three seasons with uh, ALA Ironwood, and they finished uh, four and six uh, last year. So uh, with the Warriors, uh, they had uh, quite a few losses uh, as far as uh, players that graduated. Uh, some of the big names are uh, running back Ryan uh, Hammer, uh, Xander Kelly, uh, who played wide receiver, uh, running back uh, Caleb uh, Gaston. And uh, safety, uh, Devin Elliott. Those were uh, some big pieces uh, that they uh, lost last year. But uh, they also had some uh, key returners uh, coming back. Um, you have a uh, quarterback, uh, Connor Maltz. Uh, he'll he'll be uh, under center again this year uh, for his senior year. Uh, Aiden Williams uh, will be uh, another piece that they're going to plug in uh, at the running back position. And uh, Connor uh, actually gets one of uh, his... Uh, uh, targets at wide receiver back in Travis, and I am not going to try to butcher his last name, but Travis M., if you're listening, you're going to have to let me know how to say your last names because I do not want to get it wrong for you. Uh, but he's going to be uh, at the wide receiver position as well as uh, Ashton Williams. And then you'll have a, a big defensive piece in uh, A.J. Villasenor coming back at linebacker. So, you know, some really uh, key contributors that are coming back this year to hopefully elevate uh, the Warriors this season. Uh, but let's uh, let's get right into it with them. So week one, uh, we talked about about uh, them taking on ALA Anthem. We both had them in the winning category for that. And like we said, it's going to be the first win in the opening game since 2017. Uh, But uh, let's go right into uh, game two as they're going to be hosting AZ Lutheran, who are the defending 2A state champions. How do you have that one faring out? I have them dropping that game against Arizona Lutheran. Arizona Lutheran, a team that we saw play against Santa Cruz last year, which was a really tight contested game because it was a, it was only decided by one point. They, they were probably the most well-rounded uh, opponent that we had to you know view on them, other than maybe Benson when we saw them play in Sequoia. I really have high hopes for the the Warriors. Um, if you go back to their COVID season in 2021, they went 0-7. They got shut out by teams like Coolidge and Arizona uh, College Prep. And it did get a little bit better for them last year. They ended up winning four games, one against Valley Lutheran, where they beat them 34-6. Catalina, they ended up shutting out 65-0. to And they ended up losing teams like Sierra Linda, Eastmark, and Florence. Yeah, I have them uh, dropping that game as well against uh, Arizona Lutheran. And uh, another thing about Arizona Lutheran, they finished uh, 13 and one last year and uh they're on an eight game win streak but uh, one of the biggest things is that they are moving up now uh to the 3a division and are going to be in the 3a uh, metro east region so it's uh actually going to be a pretty decent competitive uh region for them but now now they're coming to show you know like a team like thatcher you know they they dominated a two-way and they're i think they're gonna show that that success can transfer at the next level and why i got them uh knocking off uh the warriors uh so with that being said the warriors start out at one and one and then go and travel up to globe uh so globe uh finished uh one and nine last year eight of their nine losses they gave up 50 points or more so not a very competitive team give up a lot of points their only win came uh against uh san carlos who is one of the lower class teams they were a one and seven team 
and they fall, you know, around the bottom end of, you know, the teams in the state. So I got uh, ALA Ironwood picking up their second win against Globe, and I think it's going to be in pretty decisive fashion. No doubt. I'm the same way. I have them beating Globe by a very large margin as well. It's been a while since we've seen Globe actually be a competitive team as far as uh, in football. Um, and I feel like this next season will be no different. All right. To keep it going, uh, game four, they're going to be uh, traveling again to Sierra Linda, which is going to be their first uh, 4A team that they're going to be competing against this season. Uh, Sierra Linda, a little bit about them, finished eight and two last year. Um a, uh, actually, they played uh, ALA Ironwood last season and beat them uh, 34 to six, and are currently on a six-game win streak. So, a pretty uh, competitive opponent for them. How do you see it uh, ending for uh, the Warriors? Well, in this game, I actually have them overcoming last year's struggles and beating them. Oh wow! Okay, okay. I, I you know, that's definitely a shocker for me. I thought you would have went with you know a, a, a more competitive 4A team. Uh, you know, that's what I did. I ended up picking uh, Sierra Linda to uh, win that game and uh, dropping. Uh, the Warriors to two and two on the season. And it's just, you know, they, they're a very competitive for a team. Um, I don't think they made the playoffs last year uh, just because of uh, the uh, region that they play in. You know, we, we saw that hurt a couple of teams last year uh, where they had a great record, uh, but it's just the amount of competition that they had didn't bump them into uh, the playoffs. But uh, I think uh, Sierra Linda, you're going to see them, uh, as a possible uh, playoff contender this year. And uh, they're, they're going to show uh, that same dominance as they did last year against the Warriors. So I have the Warriors going two and two uh, up to that point. But game five, another competitive game as they'll be hosting Gilbert Christian, who finished nine and three uh, last season. And as a two way team, uh, they ended up losing uh, to Marenzi in the quarterfinals. And it's going to be the first matchup between these two schools since the 2020 season. So uh, who, who do you like in that one? I have ALA Ironwood edging out Gilbert Christian in this match I'm uh, based off of, of your reaction I think that you have something a little different well the only reason uh that I have something a little bit different is I have this uh cool little stat for you ALA Ironwood is 0-3 all time against Gilbert Christian and granted they're only two years removed and it, it was a COVID season it was a shortened season but I still think that Gilbert Christian edges it out and this one it could uh seriously be a toss-up especially if the Warriors continue to trend in the right direction and are building, uh, you know, confidence on uh, some of these early season wins. But I have uh, Gilbert uh, Christian edging that one out and dropping uh, the Warriors to two and three as you have them four and one. Mm -hmm. OK, OK. I just wanted to make sure I got that right. So coming into game six, a uh, very winnable game for them as they're going to be traveling uh, to Santan Foothills. Uh, last year, uh, ALA Ironwood beat them 31-30. Uh, to 30. Very close game. And ALA Ironwood is actually only 1-2 uh, and two against Santan Foothills. But I still uh, think they're going to improve that record to 2-2 two and two, uh, all-time against Santan Foothills as I'm taking the Warriors to uh, knock off the Sabercats. Yeah, I have the same. I have the Warriors topping the Sabercats. Um, it's not going to be... Uh, by a large margin by any means I feel like this one 
is going to be another close one. Actually, I feel like the uh, the previous two games, including this one, uh, well, if three, if you do that, will all be dogfights. And, th- and that's nothing, you know, particular to say against Sierra Linda because they are the Bulldogs. But I feel like these are going to be really tough challenges for the Warriors. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, but uh, in game seven, things are going to get uh, tough again for them. And they're going to be traveling to Eastmark to uh, take on the Firebirds. Uh, Eastmark actually beat uh, the Warriors last season 50-16. to And uh, ALA Ironwood is 0-2 all-time against uh, Eastmark, which I think is going to uh, go to 0-3 as I will have Eastmark uh, knocking off uh, ALA Ironwood. No, and I support that decision 100% because I also having them losing to Eastmark by at least three or more touchdowns. And so that will put them at three and four uh, for me on the season. And that'll be four or five and two mm-hmm. for you. Okay. And so moving into uh, game eight, they're going to be playing uh, another new team uh, that we have uh, in the state is ALA uh, West Foothills. And uh, like I said, it's the first season uh, for this team, uh, first matchup between uh, both schools. Uh, Foothills will be playing in the 3A uh, Metro West uh, region. Uh, I don't really uh, know too much about that region as of yet, Um, but I think this is a big win uh, for uh, the Warriors as they're going to knock off uh, ALA Foothills. And I think that it's going to be another dogfight if they don't come to play. No, I agree. I have them beating ALA Foothills West, and it's going to be another one of those tough games because I feel like with Foothills, that it's a team that they know very little about, but even though that they don't have that much insight on them, that when all they have to do is just play them out in the first few minutes of the game to get a good feel of where that team is skill-wise. Okay, and moving right along, and Game 9 is going to be a game against uh, Florence, uh, which uh, they'll be hosting uh, the Gophers. Uh, Florence uh, beat ALA Ironwood last season 35-21, to and uh, actually Florence is undefeated against uh, the Warriors, you know, going 3-0. and uh, This one was a very, very tough one for me. You know, um, it, it really could have went either way for me. Um, but I think that Florence has ALA Ironwood's number uh, so far up to this point. I think they're going to knock them off. And I have Florence pulling that one out. I do, too. I have Florence uh, coming in and knocking off the Warriors on their home field and 100 percent leaving them a winless team against the Gophers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gophers this year feel like they have a little bit more edge to them than in, in past seasons or in the past season that we cover them. And I feel and, like... And you know they're going to come for a redemption uh, for uh, what you call my predictions on where I put them in the power rankings. You know, 100%. They want, they, they, they want to prove that, you know, they, they belong above ALA Ironwood. And and in 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 my ranking and in my thoughts, I, I have them there. So what, what do you think would be the edge for Florence to uh, knock them off? Is it more stopping the defense or is it more like uh, their offensive attack it would be the intensity on offense if they have the the drive to to just run the ball down their throats I feel like the Gophers will do that if the Gophers feel like this is a perfect opportunity to to open up their pass game to try out what uh, to see what their wide receivers can do this will be the team to do it against um, I know it's kind of late in the season and you know by then they'll have most of their kinks worked out but you also got to think about playoff implications and what you're going to be doing in the future and I feel like this is one of those games where Florence will treat it more of like a tune-up okay okay you know uh, the Warriors are going to wrap up uh, their um 
final game uh, hosting uh, the Coolidge Bears. Um, Coolidge uh, won a nail biter uh, last year, fourteen to three last season. We thought it was going to be more of a blowout, uh, but like I said, uh, LA Ironwood is a team that can, if you leave them hanging around, they're 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 going to sneak out a few a uh, few games, especially uh, with the pieces that they got returning. Is like they're finally uh, a very well experienced team as they have uh, more seniors and juniors to help solidify it you know and I think that's where a lot of teams struggle when they're going into uh, transition years and they've lost quite a bit of people and you have to kind of start filling those pieces in with younger talent and see if they can keep up and you know uh, maintain that level of success and even though ALA Ironwood hasn't uh, found uh, a lot of uh, success in recent years I think this is going to start that trend of it at, but at the end of the day I have them uh, following uh, to the Bears and uh, being with that being said they'll drop to 0-5 all time against the Bears and um, wrap up their season in for me, they're going to be finishing four and six, a little bit lower than what I initially thought. I thought they could easily be a team that's six and four. But once I started doing a little bit more research and, you know, kind of dissecting uh, their opponents, I have them anywhere between four to six wins. I have them right now at four and six. But like we said, the games against Florence, uh, you know, the games against uh, Gilbert Christian or uh, even um Arizona Lutheran, for that matter, you know, these teams that are making that jump, they can be knocked off by, uh, you know, uh, a lower class 3A team. And, you know, I don't even think that uh, ALA Ironwood is a lower class team. I think they're trending into kind of getting into that middle of the pack that is just like, you know what, a couple more wins here. They're trending into possibly making themselves playoff contenders. Those are my toss-up games right there where, you know, they could literally surprise me and go 6-4 and four on the season, and I would not be surprised one bit. And that's crazy that you said that because that's exactly what I have them going is 6-4. and four. After reviewing their schedule and, and getting a deeper dive into it, the Warriors have the opportunity to flip their fortunes. I had them, you know, coming in, you know, probably I think within my top 10 or probably just grazing it, but they have a really good chance to go over 500 this season. And if I'm being completely honest, if I were to be able to do my preseason rankings again, I would maybe swap them with a team like Combs. But this season, I feel like there are some games that they have that, that are must wins. They're games against ALA Anthem South, Globe, Santan Foothills, and of course, when they play Sierra Linda, because that's a game you have them dropping, I have them winning that game because of last year's trouble against them. And, of course, they're going to have plenty of scraps this season. They're going to be playing Coolidge, Eastmark, Florence, uh, Arizona Lutheran. All teams are going to give them a run for their money, but all ultimately going to be building the Warriors to be stronger in the in the future. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, you know, like I said, you hit that nail on the head right there. And, uh, you know, best of luck, Warriors. Uh, like we said, we, we have you right there, you know, a game or two away from having a, a successful season, a winning season at that, you know, so uh, – Go out there and uh, do your guys' thing. Uh, but uh, let, let's keep the ball rolling and move into our next team, which is Apache Junction. So Apache Junction uh, lost uh, quite a few uh, players last year. Uh, they're going to be uh, with uh, head coach uh, Bruce uh, Binkley, who's going to be in his third season as the Prospector's head coach. Uh, and he's 10-6 uh, and six in two seasons, which a uh, majority of those wins came from uh, last year's campaign as they finished uh, seven and four on the season. 
Uh, so with with that being said, uh, some of the key players that uh, the uh, prospectors lost uh, this uh, past year was Jordan uh, Digos, uh, wide receiver, Hunter De La Cruz, uh, who played a uh, strong safety, and then uh, Trevin Furnish, who was an outside linebacker. Those were uh, some key pieces uh, that they ended up losing, but are going to bring back uh, some people, especially on the offensive end, that can help the uh, prospectors excel this season. It's going to be uh, Gavin uh Limongello. Uh he's uh gonna be a uh, under center at quarterback. Isaiah uh Savoy uh will be at running back. Uh Garrett Garcia is gonna be uh, at wide receiver. Jacob Valentine is gonna be holding the things down at middle linebacker for uh the prospectors defense, as well as uh Christopher uh Vaquero and then a uh, big nose guard uh Alex Ramirez. And that that's gonna be uh when we get into uh our players to watch. Keep a lookout for uh, some of those names I just mentioned and uh, to have uh, big seasons because they did some uh, tremendous things last year. So without further ado, let's get right into uh, the prospectors as Apache Junction went five and oh on the road last year, which is a big accomplishment. Uh, But uh, they moved uh, from the 4A Black Canyon region uh, into the 4A East Sky region. So uh, a new region for them. uh, And it's a region that is going to be competitive but uh, i like their chances Mm -hmm. if you go back to their covid year they were still in the 4a black canyon region and they went one and one that year Mm -hmm. um totally they went three and three with their three wins against prescott arcadia and estrella foothills and then losing three games to mesquite post and butte and peoria by forfeit and speaking of the covid year too as well um Besides that year, uh, which was a shortened season, uh, Apache Junction has uh, been to the playoffs four years in a row. So they're going to uh, try to make it five this year, and I think that they're going to have success with that. I'm glad you mentioned that because last year when they went to the playoffs, they lost a very tough game to Lee Williams, dropping that one 55-32. to And their only other losses that season came against teams like Mesquite, only losing that game 28-20, to mm-hmm. and Post and Butte 56-31. to yeah, and they, they could compete with the best of them. You know, they, they've definitely proven that. And, you know, uh, you, like you mentioned, uh, all three of those losses um, came from playoff uh, teams. So, you know, that's something to uh, praise yourself on. And, you know, they, they could be a team that could uh, definitely sneak out an undefeated season if, uh, you know, all, all things are uh, going in the right direction. Uh, but let's dive into their uh, first game. Uh, they're going to be uh, hosting Estrella Foothills. And... Um, Apache Junction beat them last year, fifty-two to twenty-nine. Uh, so they're gonna look for uh, another win. Uh, it was their first win against Estrella Foothills, as uh, that was uh, the first win that Apache Junction has ever had against Estrella Foothills, as they uh, moved to a uh, one and two all time um, against them. But uh, I, at the end of the day, I got uh, Apache Junction jumping out to a great start and uh, winning decisively against uh, a struggling uh, Estrella Foothills team. Yeah, I also have the prospectors going over the Estrella Foothills Wolves that game. It's going to be tough to try to to count the the prospectors out this year. Like you said, they have a uh, a ton of key players returning, and a lot of those players, you know, made drastic improvements last year that we would just automatically assume that they would be in that same category this year as well. And going into uh, week two. Uh, they'll be hosting Santan Foothills. Uh, it's going to be the first matchup between uh, both schools. And uh, like I said, that's what I've been liking uh, seeing about this year's schedule is a lot of these uh 
nearby teams, you know, uh, in that Santan Valley area, they're all playing each other this year and, you know, are going to uh, try to get the uh, bragging rights as who is the best in that Santan area. Uh, but um, being that it's the first match between uh, both teams, I have Apache Junction uh, winning uh, decisively on that one. And, you know, they uh, they had uh, five uh, wins out of their uh, seven last year were all against teams with losing records. So they do know how to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And I see them uh, improving 2-0 and on this one. No doubts. I don't even have to elaborate further. Prospectors <laughs> well, win. Okay, well, let's go right into uh, uh, game three, uh, which is going to be one of those uh, Santan, another one of those uh, Santan Valley uh, games as they will be traveling to Combs. And uh, Apache Junction had uh, Combs number last year, uh, beating them 45 to 34. And I have uh, Apache Junction uh, going to knock them off as well. Just because uh, a lot of Combs' losses... In six out of seven of uh, Combs' games, they've allowed 38 points or more. And so they're a team that struggles on the defensive end. And with all those names that I have mentioned earlier that's coming back for Apache Junction on the offensive end, I have them uh, probably putting up 42 uh, points or more against Combs. So I have uh, Apache Junction moving to 3-0. and yeah, the same. I have Apache Junction being able to wrangle the Coyotes and ultimately take advantage of a team that's going to be going through a bunch of changes this year. Not necessarily a bunch of big changes, but one big change in particular, their head coach is now in a different school. So I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for the prospectors to just make the jump and put away the Combs Coyotes. And the prospectors are 7-0 and all time against the Coyotes. So I have no doubts that, you know, they they put it on them before. It's a continuous trend. And I don't see the Coyotes uh, ending that streak anytime soon. So um, with that being said, uh, Apache Junction jumps out to a 3-0 and start. And then uh, we'll be hosting Coconino, which is uh, another uh, first uh, matchup between these schools. Uh, a little bit about Coconino. Uh, they finished 5-4 um, and four last season. But uh, let, let's get our predictions because I want to save this other little stat for the very end and why I struggled with this game a little bit. So what's your prediction uh, between uh, AJ and uh, Coconino? I have AJ taking this one at home. Um, I don't think that Coconino will be able to withstand the travel, let alone the offensive attack from the prospectors. Okay, so the reason I wanted to um, say my prediction, so I have Apache Junction winning this game. But what left me on the fence, and like I said, I know it's last year's uh, stats and it's last year's results. Coconino actually beat the team that knocked out the prospectors in the playoffs in Lee Williams. They beat them uh, 29 to 10. So that was where I was like, mm, they, it, this could be a, a, a one of the first challenges for uh, the prospectors uh, in, er, this early in the season. And it's just because of that little stat that I had found is like, okay, Coconino has a chance. You know what I mean? So, but uh, I still have Apache Junction uh, coming away with that one, and which leads us into a playoff rematch against Lee Williams for game five, as the prospectors will be going to Lee Williams and uh, taking on them. But like we mentioned, this was the team that knocked out Apache Junction in the first round of the playoffs, beating them 55 to 32. And it will just be only the second time that they've ever met up. But Lee Williams, an 8-4 and four team, how do you see this one faring out? I have this one being a shootout with ultimately Lee Williams giving some type of leeway to 
the prospectors and ultimately letting them uh, gain a win. Like you said, it's not going to be easy at all. With the matchup that they had the week prior with Coconino, I feel like it's going to be a challenge for them to, to knock off Lee Williams. But at the same time, it will be a sweet, sweet victory once they do because then they can just point and laugh at the team that was pointing at and laughing at them at the end of last season. Well, um, this is where our uh, results are going to differ a little bit. I have Lee Williams uh, taking this one. It was, it was just about the dominance that they asserted last year. And like I said, two totally different teams, mm-hmm. you know, but I think the what Lee Williams is bringing back uh, this season, uh, they can make uh, another uh, deep run in the playoffs and why I got them uh, edging out the prospectors and dropping them to four and one. So uh, moving on to game six, another big game, another Santan Valley uh, uh, rivalry game, if you would say as uh, Apache Junction is going to be traveling to Post and Butte to take on the Broncos. And as uh, you all know, uh, the uh, Broncos were uh, 4A uh, state runner-ups, losing to Casa Grande last year, Uh, but uh, will be also making the jump uh, away from the 4A Black Canyon region and be making the jump into the uh, 4A East Sky region. Uh, so this was another tough one. Um, Post and Butte got the better of uh, the prospectors last year, winning 56 to 37. Uh, but Apache Junction is 0-4 all time against Post and Butte. And I'm going to say that they uh, go to 0-5 as I have the Broncos uh, edging out uh, Apache Junction. I also have the same result with Post and Butte taking over AJ in that game. Um This isn't going to be the first test for AJ, but this is going to be the first test of their will because I don't feel like Post and Butte will go easy on them at all. This will be a game where, like you said, they know that they've defeated this team every time they played them, and this matchup will be no different. Um, It would just be a matter of whether Apache Junction can make it competitive or not, whether they're going to stick into the fight or they're just going to roll over and let the Broncos do what they do. And it's funny you say that because besides last year's matchup where they dropped 37 points, in four games, uh, Apache Junction has uh, scored over seven points just once, and that was last year's matchup. Every other time, they've scored seven points or less. So that that just shows how dominant that the Broncos have been uh, through this uh, little mini rivalry that's brewing uh, in Santan Valley. Yeah, they definitely have their number. Uh, but then they're going to move into another uh, challenging game. Like I said, this stretch is going to, uh, like you said, uh, test the will uh, you know, of the uh, prospectors as they're going to be hosting the uh, defending uh, 3A uh, champions in Snowflake who have now just made the move up to 4A and is going to be in the 4A, 4A East Sky region. So what is your outlook on this one? This one was tough for me because... Like you said, this is a a team that won the state championship last year and is moving into a a little bit higher region, but with uh, a bunch of competition where, you know, they'll not only be able to stand out, but, you know, stand with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You're probably going to look at me a little bit sideways, and I could tell by the way you're shaking your head right now. I have the gold diggers finding the gold on this one and stealing it away from last year's champs and snowflake. Okay, so I can lower these eyebrows just a little bit because that was not what I thought you were going to say 
as I too am taking Apache Junction. All right, over uh over Snowflake. So you know that that was it. We're coming into these games where it's kind of like, oh, I don't know what he's gonna say on this one. But glad we uh had the uh the uh, same uh outlook on that one. And you know it's gonna be the first matchup between both schools, but. Man, the one thing about Snowflake uh, moving into this 4A East Sky is that they're going to do a lot of traveling Mm -hmm. and especially having to come down here. It's not, you know, but at the same time, they got teams that got to travel way up there, you know, coming uh, from this dry heat. But like I said, without a doubt, going to be definitely a game of the week, game to watch. Uh, But I'm glad we both uh, got AJ pulling that one out. And we're going to move into a game eight where they're going to be traveling to ALA Gilbert North, a very competitive team. You know, a team that just a few years ago felt like they were still in 3A, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being a powerhouse down there. Uh, but uh, this is going to uh, another one that's going to be a first matchup between both schools. Um, and uh, ALA Gilbert North is another team that moved up to uh, the 4A East Sky. So they're going to be in there with uh, Post and Butte and Snowflake. So you're just seeing this amazing region just boiling up over there. And a little bit about ALA Gilbert North. Uh, they finished 11-2 and last season, you, uh, losing to uh, Yuma Catholic in the semifinals. So a very uh, competitive team like we always talk about. And now they're making that jump. How do you see it playing out? This one was another tough one. I... I kind of have to side with the Eagles on this one. I think that the ALA Gilbert North Eagles will not make easy work of the Apache Junction prospectors, but will they'll just be too much for the prospectors to handle. I feel like, you know, like you said, they're a team that, you know, we, we always consider them, you know, a quote unquote good team in sports, but now they're moving into a more uh, competitive region where everybody in that region is, is ballers. And, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I think the so Eagles got, fly high on this one. taking the Eagles on that one. Yep. All right. Well, I'm finally not going to get looked at like I'm crazy because I'm actually uh, taking Apache Junction. And that I know, yeah, you're raising your eyebrows now. And the only reason is um, I think that I thought ALA Gilbert North was going to take uh, have a good chance of winning the 3A championship last year. Unfortunately, they felt a little bit short, but... I think Apache Junction has proven that they belong in the upper echelons of the 4A um, division. You know, we we talked about uh, the teams that they lost to uh, last year. And so I see them having the edge as kind of being the bigger brother. It's like, hey, you're coming into our region. You know, we're going to show you a little bit of respect, but we're going to show you what 4A football is about. And so that's why I have them beating not only Snowflake, but ALA Gilbert North as well. And I know that that one's going to, you know, be a very, very talked about uh, part of uh, their schedule because it's, it's going to be a tough stretch. But I still think that uh, the prospectors pull that one out. And uh, let's move on into um, game number nine. Uh, they're going to be traveling to Arcadia. Apache uh, Junction is two and four against them all time. They haven't played since the 2020 season, which uh, Apache Junction won 49 to 27, and Arcadia uh, finished last year at five and five. But is not a team to uh, leave uh, the door open for. Yeah, we got to see a little a little bit of them last year as they played Casa Grande. But that's another thing when they played Casa Grande, they were kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. They, they did. A, they were a very vocal team. That was one thing we we learned about them right off the bat. That they 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 weren't shy to you know to trade barbs with the Cougars on the field. But ultimately, their play was what was lacking, and I think that that's what's going to help propel the prospectors over the Arcadia Knights in this game. 
and having them continue their winning ways against Arcadia. No, and I absolutely uh, agree 100%. You know, I I don't see uh, Apache Junction uh, really struggling with this team. But like I said, they're a team that you can't leave the door open. You got to go out and, you know, within the first three quarters, uh, shut that door. Because if you leave them hanging around, they I think that if you go back on their schedule, that was a team that snuck out some uh, close ones against some competitive teams. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, shut them down early, uh, AJ, and, you know, pick up another win on the season. But to wrap up their season, uh, they're going to be hosting uh, Benjamin Franklin, another first uh, matchup between uh, the two teams. Uh, ben Franklin uh, finished 6-5 and five last season, losing to Mesquite in the first round of the playoffs, 26-9. Uh, to nine. And um, how do you th- uh, think that Apache Junction is going to wrap up their season against Ben Franklin? I ultimately have the prospectors going over the Chargers in this game and ending their season on a high note. I feel like, again, like you said, this will be another uh, year where they return to the playoffs, but with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Last year's loss to Lee Williams was was definitely a, a tough blow to the gut, and I feel like this year they will be coming back with a little bit more fire and a little bit more enthusiasm to get further into the playoffs. I definitely agree, and uh, I always call Ben Franklin, you know, they're a 4A team, but I always call them, you know, the 3A bullies because that's only who they seem to be, you know, is uh, the 3A teams. They always have a, a schedule both about two to three uh, 3A teams on their schedule. They always have Coolidge's number as Coolidge is 0-5 against them all time. Mm-hmm. But um, with Ben Franklin, four, uh, four of their wins were against teams with losing records and two wins were against 3A teams. So, you know, you, you I don't think it's going to be very competitive. I think Apache Junction takes care of them and, uh, you know, wraps up their season on a, a four-game win streak. And so uh, I have them finishing uh, at 8-2 and two on the season, and it looks like you have them finishing the same. I have them finishing the same. Okay, so, you know, with a couple of uh, different wins and losses in different spots, we finally uh, have our first uh, team that we uh, actually agree on their final record. So, uh, you know, to wrap up Apache Junction a playoff caliber team looking to make that next jump and they have uh the schedule to prove uh you know why they belong against uh, some of the best 4A teams and some of the new 4A teams as well that are looking to make a name for themselves so you know um it's going to be a great season for them and I wish them the best of luck the same and to go back to them um let's talk about their must wins their must wins of this season are against Arcadia they have to put away the Knights Estrella Foothills, that has to be an easy win. Santan Foothills, that also has to be an easy win. A game where it's not going to be an easy win, but it's going to be a really good tussle to determine area supremacy, their matchup against Combs. Now, these these ones I see as definite scraps and ones where they're going to you know build their callus on. Their matchups against Ben Franklin, Snowflake, ALA Gilbert North, and moving into this region for the first time ever, we will be able to see the battle against Ben Franklin, the people that you called the 3A bullies. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's going to be a good test for them. And to wrap up our final team uh, for this episode, we're going to end it on a high note with the reigning uh, defending 4A state champions in the Castle Grand Cougars who are now making the jump into 5A. So a little bit about the Cougars, uh, as we said in last episode, uh, they lost uh, their head coach, uh, Jake Barrow, who went to uh, Corona del Sol. Uh, but taking over the helm uh, for the Cougars is going to be a person that 
is well known around the community and coach uh, Mark Luna. And, uh, you know, I, I see him uh, making a big impact right away for the Cougars and trying to get them uh, into the uh, right frame of mind to, uh, well, they don't get to defend their 4A state title, but to show why they uh, belong among uh, those uh, powerhouse 5A teams. And, you know, uh, their schedule is a very tough one. Uh, one of the toughest ones out of the 13 teams that we have. But uh, let, let's take a little bit of a look uh, uh, with what the uh, Cougars uh, lost uh, from this past season. They lost uh, quarterback Angel Flores, uh, who is now up at N- NAU. Demetrius uh, Garrett, uh, who's uh, the wide receiver uh, who made that miraculous one-handed catch in uh, the state championship on fourth down. Uh, Anthony Flores, RJ Keaton, uh, Dieric Koykendall, Zion Gomez, Demetrius Asquete, Jake Sylvester, Aiden Castillo, Nick Anaya, and that, and there's still many more to name. You know, a big part of why the uh, Cougars were so successful last year. So, a lot of holes to fill. But I think with some of these key uh, key returners, they're going to be uh, uh, just fine to uh, make a presence in the the uh, new 5A that they're moving into. So uh, some of their key returners are Elterna uh, Gant, also known as uh, Fatty. Uh, I think he's uh, going to be competing for the starting uh, quarterback job. Uh, you have uh, Grant Johnson. Uh, he'll, he'll be on the defensive side. And if you don't know who he is, he's the big, tall, redheaded guy, always with a smile on his face, having a good Ton time. Ton of energy. Ton, of, Ton energy. of energy. And, you know, keep that up, Grant, man. Keep that up. Uh, also, a uh, big wide receiver returning uh, is DeAndre Kelly. DK. Uh, one, one of the uh, big players that we have uh, our eye on this year. Uh, cornerback uh, Melly DeLeon, Alex Ibarra. Big uh, free safety, Andon Diaz, looking to capitalize on what he did last year. And uh, a couple of uh, alignment, you know, uh, they had a big season from a uh, freshman, uh, Leland Savita, uh, as well as uh, w- he'll be a senior this year in uh, Luke Luna. He's going to be uh, holding uh, that defensive line strong. And uh, Nathan Long, who I think uh, is going to be competing for the running back position. So, you know, it's a lot of pieces to fill. You know, a lot of great talent that left, but what they return in those programs, I think they're going to be okay in uh, filling those positions. But like we said, 4A state champions went 14-0, and and that means they're on a 14-game winning streak as they uh, go into uh, uh, their week one matchup and will be traveling to Maricopa this year. What do you, uh, what do you like uh, for the Cougars on that one? I have them leaving that game as victors. I will we'll touch on this subject a little bit later in the week. Um, Maricopa is a team that has had their fair share of struggles these past couple of years, and this year will be no different for the Cougars to come in and capitalize on them. Last year, if you go back to their schedule, the last time the Cougars and Rams played, after the Cougars decimated them, the Rams couldn't win a game afterward. Mm-hmm. And I feel... And they started 2-0. and Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, no, I agree. Uh, the Cougars uh, beat them 55-0. Uh, to zero. Uh, And... and a little bit of history note that was the first time the Cougars ever beat Maricopa shockingly or not you know uh so uh but I I definitely uh, agree with you uh uh that they do um take care of Maricopa a big stat uh to keep an eye on you know especially if it's not close Casa Grande outgained Maricopa that last game 562 yards to 87 so not only <laughs> were they excelling on offense but they were just shutting them down on defense and you got a lot of big pieces returning on that defensive side that can make that uh that big uh yardage gap uh similar this year 
No, 100%. I feel like that's one thing that Mark Luna or Coach Luna is actually really good on is his defensive uh, approach. And and luck, and good for him, he has uh, one key piece on that defense where he knows that that could be the anchor in his son. Um, I feel like this will be a really, really good year for the Cougars, not necessarily a year where they'll be able to return into that state championship. I'm not trying to, you know, hurt feelings here, but th- they play in a really, really tough, tough region. And like you said before, their schedule is not easy at all. And this will just be another opportunity for them to prove themselves that they do, in fact, belong. No doubt. And, you know, uh, let's go into their game two. Uh, they're going to be taking on uh, Fairfax. Uh, first matchup between both schools. Uh, Fairfax finished one in eight uh, last season with their uh, lone victory uh, coming against uh, Australia Foothills, forty-two to twenty-seven. Uh, so um, I'm taking uh, Casa Grande to win this one uh, decisively. Uh, what about yourself? I got Fairfax. No, I'm just. <laughs> I got Casa Grande. Like you said, it was a team that only had one win against a really struggling Australia Foothills team, and now they're going to be playing the the reigning defending 4A state champions. No, it's not going to get any easier for them. Well, uh, to keep things going, uh, Game 3, they're going to travel to uh, Central. It's going to be the first time uh, that these two teams play since uh, the 2014 season. Uh, Casa Grande is 3-0 and against Central. Um, but uh, a big thing to uh, keep in mind, Central beat uh, Sierra Linda, who we were just uh, talking about, 30-16 uh, to last season. So uh, they're a team that can uh, beat some uh, pretty good competition. But... I'm going to take uh, Casa Grande to improve 3-0 and and uh, knock off uh, Central. I, too, have Casa Grande going 3-0 and and ultimately 4-0 and in total all time against Central. All right. So uh, for game four, they're going to be traveling to uh, Castile. Uh, another first matchup between uh, both schools. Castile is a, a 6A team uh, who finished 5-7 and last season, but... They made it to the uh, second round of the 6A playoffs. So they're one of those teams that we were looking at last year, like, how the heck do they make it in? You know what I mean? Like, and and you know what? They're in the same region as Hamilton and Chandler. So they, they play against very tough competition. But with them being a 6A team and, you know, playing tough competition like that, how do you see this one faring out? With them playing Castile in this matchup, I actually have them edging out Castile and winning this one. I don't feel like it will come easy at all. But at the same time, the Cougars have exactly what it takes to push past a team like Castile. Well, see, this is uh, where we're going to differ on this one because I have Castile actually edging out Casa Grande. And it's more so uh, just to think about four out of their uh, seven losses last year were against people in the region. Actually, uh, three of their losses, because uh, I believe they beat Perry, but they play Hamilton, Chandler. Highland and Perry, who was another team that snuck into the playoffs as well. And I think actually even won uh, their opening round of the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Castile to me would be their record doesn't define who they are. They're a team that plays, I think, in the toughest region in the state of Arizona. Uh, if you're going to, you know, uh, go against Chandler, Hamilton and Highland, just those three teams in itself. I think if they were in a different region, you could see them uh, possibly being like an eight and two team. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So that's the uh, reason I think that they play against better competitions from what Casagrand played last year, not coming into this year, but what they played last year. And I think this is going to be the first test where Casagrand might uh, struggle a little bit and might drop the ball on this one. But definitely Casa Grande has a chance to bounce back uh, the next week uh, in their fifth game, uh, which they're going to be hosting uh, Higley. 
Uh, Higley won uh, their le- uh, last matchup in, back in 2017. Uh, they beat uh, Casa Grande 56 to seven. But you know, none of that really means anything now. As I, I don't even think uh, the kids on the current roster were even in junior high during that time. So you know, it's very outdated. Um, Casa Grande is one in three all time versus Higley, but like we said, hasn't played since 2017 against each other. A little big fact off of coming off of game four, uh, Higley lost to Castile last year, 47 to 27. Uh, but I actually have uh, Casa Grande bouncing back from their uh, week four loss and uh, knocking off Higley. I too have them beating Higley. I didn't feel like Higley would be a team for them to struggle against i feel just like how you said i I respect that sentiment where this will be the team if they do in fact lose to castillo this will be their bounce back game but also if they beat castillo like i predict this will be the game where they fine-tune themselves and then they're they actually get a good sense of their competition and what's to lie ahead for them no i definitely agree and i think uh you know being able to bounce back uh have a little bit of confidence booster uh when they uh, go into game six, they're going to be tramp, uh, traveling to uh, Campo Verde. Uh, like I said, a lot of these teams are playing each other for the first time in a long time or playing for uh, the first time ever. This will be a matchup that hasn't been seen since 2012, uh, which Casagrande is 0-2 all-time versus Campo Verde. Uh, but um, I think that this is another uh, win for uh, Casagrande and uh, continues to build that stride as they head into a big Game 7. What about yourself? I also have them taking out Campo Verde as well. This, Like you said, this is just the leading point to their toughest stretch of the season. And if they can capitalize on Campo Verde, the next few games that they have ahead, they'll come in a little bit more enthusiastic against those teams because the next few teams that they have on their schedule, one of them is a rival and the other is also a state champion. No, without a doubt. Uh, But the thing is with Campo Verde, don't don't, uh, you know, uh, don't take them lightly. You know, they did beat uh, Cactus Shadows and Cienega last year. And Cienega is, you know, a big team down in Tucson uh, that uh, makes a lot of noise down there, too. So, you know, they're, they're, it's not going to be, you know, an easy victory uh, by any means. But uh, I, I believe Casagrana has the tools to uh, knock them off and will set up a great region game against the defending 5A champions, which is Horizon. And uh, it'll be the first matchup between both schools. And, uh, you know, Horizon is a tough team that finished 12-2 and last year and showed why they were the best in 5A. Yeah, I don't know where you have this game going, but this game, when I was going through my wins and losses, was the one that I kept tapping my pen on, tapping my pen on. Like, who do I want to go with? But ultimately, I had to go with my gut. And... And it's not a matter of, of which number's higher or what, what competition they played. It's a matter of here and now. I feel like here and now and at that time, Horizon will be able to overtake the Cougars and, and ultimately establish their dominance. They're not, they're not going to blow them out by any means, but this is going to be the game where you know they, they put themselves on the pedestal as the top team in that region. I might have to differ with you as far as the game being close. Um, I think uh, Horizon has been one of those top teams that could have easily played in the open eight last year, you know, uh, but uh, things didn't go that route. I think this is going to be the first test as to what type of presence Casagrande is going to enforce in this 5A. And so I I have, uh, you know, uh, Horizon taking that one. But unlike you, I have them taking it a little bit more decisively. 
And moving on to game eight, this has become one of everybody's favorites as far as matchups are concerned that are not a rivalry. But Casa Grande will be taking on uh, Mesquite. And as you all know, this was one of the uh, best games last season, you know, as far as the way it started and how it ended. Uh, you, you got to see uh, Casa Grande play the defending uh, champions at the time in uh, Mesquite. And uh, Mesquite had their uh, number uh, early on in that game, uh, but Casa Grande's resilience uh, helped them overcome uh, Mesquite as they uh, beat them 41 to 28 last season. And it's just going to make up for another uh, great now region game as both teams are in the same region in 5A. So what is your take on this one? All right. On this one, I have this trending in the same way as last year. I feel like Casa Grande is going to pull out all the stops against the Wildcats. There's there's something about when they play Mesquite that they're they have a, an edge to them that their their swagger is you know all apparent. And I, again, I feel like this matchup is no different. Mesquite might be able to to hold them down a little bit, but like you said, in the last couple of games, they uh, the Cougars were able to figure them out and ultimately overcome any obstacles that the uh, offense or defense was able to put in their way. And so uh, last year was uh, the first victory that Casa Grande had against Mesquite. They're both one and one against each other. But what I what I like about it this time around is that when Casa Grande played them, Mesquite was the defending champions. And now whenever uh, they play each other this year, Casa Grande is going to be the defending champions. And so it's going to make for one of the biggest dogfights we're going to have all season. And especially that... Now it's going to be a region game where all of those are very critical as to, uh, you know, picking up games against a tough opponent like Mesquite is only going to help your strength of schedule and help you, uh, you move up in the rankings. And uh, with that being said, I have Casa Grande carrying that momentum from last year. Like you said, they were in a dogfight. Uh, it showed a lot of their resilience because we weren't sure how they were going to come out that second half. And they ended up pulling out the victory. And I think you see the same thing uh, coming into uh, uh, week eight. But moving on into game nine, uh, Casa Grande will be hosting uh, ALA Queen Creek. Another region game, another tough opponent that seems to be excelling every single year. I still remember when they were down in 3A playing Coolidge and stomping all over them, you know. Uh, and then now, you know, you see them in 5A in just a few short years. It's, it's pretty amazing what this uh, school has been able to do. It's the first matchup uh, between both teams. As uh, you guys know, uh, LA Queen Creek uh, was in the Open 8 last year, uh, losing in the opening round to Hamilton, uh, 38-14. to so uh, L.A. Qu uh, Queen Creek finished 9-2 uh, and two, uh, last year. Both uh, losses came from teams in the open eight. So um, with that being said, I think that this is going to be another game that uh, Casa Grande unfortunately loses. But it's just the amount of talent that is on L.A. Queen Creek. And that's the only reason why. Yeah, and, and that's by no means uh, any shade towards the talent on Casa Grande. But the talent that the Patriots have. It, it, it's almost unmatched. Like they are one of those teams that are working their way towards becoming a 5A powerhouse, much like all the other teams in Casa Grande's um, region. These last couple of games are all going to be slobber knockers. They're all going to be a test of strength, and they're all going to play a huge factor in how well Casa Grande moves forward. But that's one thing that we saw, you know, from the last year is that their resiliency 
is there. They 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 can take a punch and keep going. They're they're not a team with a glass jaw by any means, but they ultimately have a really really tough matchup against ALA Queen Creek and I don't know. I I feel like like you said we we've seen this team, you know, move up, you know, constantly and in in fast fashion and I don't think that Castigran will be able to even hold them let alone stay with them in the game. No, I can agree with that. You know, and in like I said, it's more of a learning curve this year, you know, for Grand, you're transitioning into the best season in school history uh, to go in to one of the toughest regions and not only 5A, but and possibly the state of Arizona. And you're asking them to be this upper echelon team that, you know, they've come to be by taking on some of the best talent that the state has to offer. So like I said, it's just the way that things are falling for Grand, where it's, it's tough. It's really tough to uh, see how they're going to compete against uh, these teams. But they wrap up their season uh, by hosting uh, Verado. Uh, first matchup between both schools. Uh, Verado was uh, a playoff team last year. Uh, they lost in the first round uh, to Cienega 47-36. to And uh, all four of their uh, losses last year uh came to playoff teams. Uh, they finished 7-4. and four. So uh, it, even though they're, uh, they're a playoff team, I, I want to give the edge to Castle Grand on this one. You know, they, they have to go and play a tough stretch from Horizon down to ALA, Queen Creek, you know, and, and Mesquite that I think that those three teams are better than Verado. And it's going to allow for Castle Grand to uh, end the season on a high note, and I have them uh, sneaking out a victory against Verado. I share that same sentiment. I feel like if you compared those four or five teams next to each other, Verado would definitely be at the bottom. And the toughest thing to say is that Casa Grande is in that middle trying to fight, you know, upward. And that's always a good thing. But th- that's one thing that we can tell about this season for Casa Grande. It's not going to be a setback year where, oh, man, each game that they're going in, it's going to be an ass whooping. No, each game is going to be a test. And one thing that we've learned about the the boys in blue and gold is that they come to fight. Mm-hmm. And this year is going to be no different. They got to fight fight to stay relevant and to keep moving forward like they intend to and i think uh also even if a loss or two you know improves their record or makes it worse you know because like i said at the end of the day you go out there and play anything can happen you know and uh for casa grand i have them finishing at seven and three and with the strength of schedule that they have i have them being back in the playoffs this year let's give a little bit of background on casa grand really quick let's go back to the covid year casa grand beat lake havasu Vista Grande, and the eventual 2A state champions that year, Santa Cruz. Their losses came to South Point and Cactus. Mm-hmm. Cactus in the playoffs is what ultimately knocked them out. Right. When they returned last year, they ended up going 14-0, 3-0 in their 4A Kino region. Some of their key season wins came against Maricopa, where they shut them out 55-0, against Waldengrove, where they shut them out 49-0, a match against Saguaro with an H because we have to we have to specify that because <laughs> another Saguaro team ended up winning the open eight. Yes. Not not that Saguaro. Not that Saguaro. And then their playoff wins. All scraps, bro. They played against Deer Valley, a really good game. Beat them. Mesquite, again, beat them. St. Mary's, where it came oh, down to a, a field goal. Man, that was a beautiful game. I I want to relive relive something like that this year. That was amazing. And they beat them. And it didn't get any, you know, more exciting in the championship game when it came down to the last play when they beat Post and Butte 33 to 28. This year, again, their must wins are going to come against teams like Maricopa, Fairfax, Higley, and Central. 
They need to establish that dominance early to be respected into this new region of play so that they don't get, uh, they're not an afterthought to teams like Higley and Horizon. Um, their main scraps, of course, are going to be against Mesquite, Horizon, and ALA Queen Creek. Mm-hmm. And, and don't, don't let Castile and, uh, and uh, Verado fool you too. They're, those are going to be two games that are just going to be just as uh, scrappy. But uh, like I said, Casa Grande has a potential to uh, be back in the playoffs. And we all know once you get there, it's all about proving yourself. And, you know, any team could get knocked out any given day. We, we saw that all throughout the playoffs last year. So, you know, even though Casa Grande's moving into a tougher region, I still think that that same uh, fire and that same uh, values of being successful, uh, you know, and being the team to beat in Pinal County is going to uh, raise their their game just a little bit more. But other than that, man, that is your first four teams we've broken down. Uh, let's recap it. Uh, ALA Anthem, I have going 0-10. Uh, you have going 2-8. Uh, and 8. ALA Ironwood, I have them going 4-6. and 6, And you have them going 6-4. Uh, and 4. Uh, Apache Junction, uh, I have them going uh, eight and two. And, you know, that was one we both had the same. You have them going eight and two as well. Slight and, variances in the game. Yeah, play, yeah, m- yeah, most definitely. And uh, and to wrap it up, uh, Casa Grande, uh, I have them finishing at seven and three. And you have them finishing at eight and two. So, you know, what a fun way to kick off these uh, wins and losses uh, predictions. And that's just what they are. They're predictions. You know, we're not experts. Uh, but, you know, we did actually do a, a quite a bit of homework, you know, to study a little bit of each team that we're covering as well as their opponents this uh, this year. And so, you know, we're excited to see uh, where the chips fall uh, for these four uh, teams. But, you know, with that being said, we still have nine more teams to cover. And uh, so we're going to be uh, dropping two more episodes this week, another one on Wednesday and then uh, to wrap it up on Friday. So please uh, tune into that where uh, on Wednesday we're covering five teams. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, see where those teams fall and, you know, kind of uh, chime in and have fun with it. Because, like I said, it's just bringing awareness to Pinal County, uh, to these players and, you know, uh, we always want these teams to be as successful as possible, but it's just analyzing things as they are and, you know, just uh, trying to make it fun. And one of the things we said to make it even funner and we want your guys' input, you know, but uh, one of the things we talked about that we wanted to do uh, for this is we're both uh, making our own predictions this year. And you see, uh, you know, those funny uh, looking pictures of us back in the day. Uh, I think we were still working at the wreck. But one of the things we said is that, you know what, it's me versus you this year. You know, who, whoever comes out with the most wins uh, gets bragging rights this year. And we're trying to think of something for the loser to have to do and that's where we want you guys to chime in and give us some great ideas whoever comes up with the idea that we end up choosing you know what why don't we uh, get them a shirt or something like that like something we we, we we can have fun for being our you know our winner of that and we're gonna own up to it whoever uh ends up losing uh, uh the overall record uh by the end of the year they're gonna be faced with the consequence and have to uh do um do this bet and like i said it's Except just a punishment yeah they're gonna have to 
accept the punishment for sure. And, you know, uh, so if you guys think of anything, please chime in and let us know. And we'll be uh, throwing out ideas as well. Uh, but also, uh, we're going to be uploading uh, these um, predictions on our social media pages as well as our stories. And we're going to allow you guys to pick your own results, uh, which we're going to average out. And whichever percentage uh, of the team uh, gets that victory, we're going to add your guys' own record together. And we're going to have a, a viewer a record and you guys might even beat us who knows and that's the exciting part about this that's the exciting thing about covering high school sports is you can make it fun and it's not always about you know uh the goods and bads it's about the fun and everything and like i said we wouldn't get to do this if it wasn't for these uh, uh coaches players and these schools and you know so it's been fun brother uh you know i can't wait to uh chime in uh, again on wednesday and let these people know uh what's going on here in uh, pinal county so you got any last words um, other than that, I had a great time visiting Coach Swerve and the Pinal County One versus One Showdown. It was definitely a great time. Got to see a lot of talent, and we're looking forward to any other events that Coach Swerve and the Gunslingers QB Academy might be putting on. It was definitely a great time. Uh, we can't wait to uh, be uh, at the next one. And if there's any uh, other events that are going on in the county, you know that you guys uh, think needs some exposure, or, you know, uh, some way we can help, please let us know and uh, just send us a message and. If it fits in our schedule, we'll be out there because, you know, like I said, if the more content we get, the more highlights and the more uh, players we can expose. Uh, we're going to do that. And I just can't wait to uh, get this season uh, going and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Take it easy.